You are about to enter the Cyber PD Podcast. Cyber School Pedagogy lives here. Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the Cyber PD Podcast. Today we have an extremely important topic to discuss, trauma-informed schools. So joining me, as always, is my fellow high school PD coach, Katie DiStefano. I am here, in fact, yes. And we also have Gina and Jen with us, who are amazing and both recently attended the Attachments and Trauma Network Conference in Washington, D.C. Correct, ladies? Yes. Yes. Correct. Hello. Hey. Thank you so much for being here. So why is it that you are passionate about bringing trauma training to Agora? Well, trauma is a huge topic and it's a revolving door that slowly a lot of schools are being educated more about it. Um, A lot of students present with trauma and they come to our school with traumatic stories and um, events in their life that they have experienced. So it's really crucial in creating that environment and that culture in our school to help these students succeed in our environment and also to remove any barriers that they might be experiencing that come along with their their traumatic events. And Jen, what is your role at Agora? I am the school social worker here at Agora Cyber Charter School. I work with the entire school, so kindergarten through 12th grade. This is definitely something that you would have had the opportunity to see then. Yes. And Gina, what's your position then? I am a family coach coordinator. The family coach is a special role that Agora's had for the last, I think it's nine years. That's always been very unique to our school. And we have about, I think it's around 75 family coaches that are all assigned a caseload of about 70 to 80 students that live in, you know, geographic proximity to them. So they're able to get out into the home with the students, kind of assess their situation. And, you know, the first question that the family coach has always asked the family is, you know, kind of like, what brings you here? And in other words, you know, what's happened that has caused you to choose a cyber model instead of staying in the brick and mortar? So right there, that's kind of the that's kind of the principle of being trauma informed. It's it's looking at a person or their situation sort of more like what happened to you. And it really kind of correlates to the whole family coach role, like going in the home and figuring out why is that student in our in our setting and what's happened to them to bring them here that this might be a better fit for them. So we've kind of already been using some of those, um, some of that thought process and strategizing with our students for the last nine years. So when I saw this start coming across the news, I think it was last year, I thought, wow, like that's what we're doing. And, you know, we need to be specifically trained in in these practices and kind of bring it to the whole school. So that's how I got interested in it. We want to talk about the, the idea of trauma and it, it can be a complex issue. I think some people have this idea, you know, trauma, you know, I see bruises on a student and they've been abused, that's trauma, but it's it's more complex than that. So to get us started, I was wondering if you could basically define trauma for for everyone. Sure, absolutely. I mean, the dictionary definition of trauma itself is a deeply distressing or disturbing experience. Um, And trauma plays a big role in disrupting the brain functioning and how a child or adolescent does develop as far as with their, their trauma 
that they have experienced. I found a unique research data point that said more than two-thirds of children reported at least one traumatic event by the age of 16. And I know how you said, Steve, it might not be visible bruises on somebody's arms. It can be a lot of different things. It can be a home environment, a family environment um, that has impacted them traumatically and their process through brain functioning. It can be witnessing a traumatic event, you know, maybe physical abuse against someone else or domestic violence situation that they might be in. Any type of substance abuse also, if that is in the family, if they've experienced it, different things like that. So it is a big, big world of trauma. So then we take this idea of trauma and we apply it to Agora or any school district for that matter. And Agora, I know, really prides itself on being, I'm not sure if we are still the only cyber trauma-informed school out there, but we are, are certainly proud of that designation, uh, that, that we are a uh, trauma-informed school. What, what exactly is a trauma-informed or a trauma-sensitive school? So yes, we are currently the only cyber school in the nation that have been trauma-informed, um, and that was a absolutely fantastic training that we got to go through, a three-day training that we continue to educate our staff here about different practices and way to implement the trauma-insensitive informed practices in our school. So technically, a trauma-sensitive school is pretty much creating a culture that pri prioritizes safety, trust, choice, and collaboration, and making sure that our students and the children and the adolescents and the teenagers here feel safe building those relationships, help them emotionally regulate throughout the day um, so that they can succeed in school in addition to dealing with some of the traumatic events, whether past or present. I'm startled by your statistic that two-thirds of children experience trauma by age 13. So that's a huge population of not only the students at Agora, but everywhere. And what are some of the effects that we might see or experience on brain development for our kiddos that have experienced trauma in their lives? Well, there's a lot of different things. Again, it goes back to a lot of the brain functioning where the different parts of the brain, and I'm not going to go into each specific part of the brain because we could be here all night. <laughs> Don't want to keep you guys up all night. But the different ways our brain reacts to trauma. Sometimes those three specific reactions of freeze, flight, and fight, kind of that emergency brain where we don't really think through the situation when we are experiencing a traumatic event and we have experienced in the past that the brain has functioned to learn those behaviors versus kind of coping and slowing down and kind of processing through it all. Um, so more of a survival mode, I would say. The brain kind of gets into that, learning that behavior short term, but has a long term impact on the individual. Well, certainly. And I think if you're in that kind of mode, it would make it very difficult for learning to take top priority. One of the things that I was glad to be able to sit in with part of the trauma team was when we looked at our report card comments and looked at how we represent ourselves to our students and families and is the language that we're using reflective of who we are as a trauma-sensitive school and rather than um, having that attitude of the student isn't doing these things like mm -hmm. why can't the student do these things at this particular moment and how can we help them and then I think you know it's also if it's two thirds of the children, well, those children grow up. So how many of our staff members, how many of the adults that we work with, how many of the parents have experienced trauma in their lives and how has that impacted them as well? So what are some of the things that you think we might see, like how might trauma manifest itself in our students and staff? 
I think, I mean, a lot of times for coaches, you know, they have a really good kind of bird's eye view of a student. When they get in the home, they can actually, you know, witness some of those behaviors where, you know, the student has shut down. They don't want to, sometimes they don't want to talk. Sometimes they just have their head down or maybe even the opposite behaviors. They're very hyper. They can't focus. They they don't have the skills to regulate their behavior or, or themselves so that they can be open to learning. And I think that's that's where we're going to see a huge shift is that instead of all the focus being on on academics and, and, you know, these kids need to have these skills, they need to learn these things. It's going to be like, let's let's look at the actual students. Like, why? Why can't they learn? All students cannot learn the same things. And you have to try to figure out how to how to work with the students that come in with with the different events that have happened to them. And I think our school has a special ability to see those kids in person to try to get a little bit more of that background of how maybe they they have had some traumatic events that may have affected their learning in the school that they came from and may also continue to affect them here. So I think just being able to to learn more about the student and then shift shift your language instead of thinking a child's being oppositional or disruptive or just um, refusing to do work, kind of getting a little bit more information like, hey, Maybe they're not able or maybe there's another way that I have to approach the student to get them to learn because the ultimate goal is to get them to learn. But, you know, you've got to get through those barriers in order to even have a chance. And I think that's where a lot of times we're just we're, we're missing it. You know, we have to focus on these other things first and then the student will be able to to learn. Yes, definitely. And. Child traumatic stress lasts way beyond childhood. So it's impactful throughout the entire life of a child, adolescent, teenager, adult. And it can lead to different things like learning problems, lower grades, lower um, successful rates in graduation, increase in health and mental health services, increased involvement in like child welfare and juvenile systems, long-term health problems, you know, like heart disease, diabetes, and things like such. So in the long run, it does really emotionally and physically affect someone. I love that you said we have the unique ability to see them. Mm -hmm. And I think that anyone who's going through a tough time, one of the best things that you can do for them is acknowledge their presence, see what it is that they're going through, and be there for them. And I think our family coaches have the unique ability to really do that and bring that to our students, which is why so many find comfort here and success. Right. Our teachers can see them as well. And it might look different. Um, it might sound different. But I'm so grateful that you ladies and the entire trauma team are bringing this language and helping our entire staff figure out how to see these students and see these families who are going through this and acknowledge that and help them through it. I really do give you all a ton of credit because you see some some troubling things that uh, maybe not all the other staff gets to see. I know we're going to be talking, Jen, with one of your counterparts, Megan, uh, a little uh, on our next episode of the podcast. And, and you both see a tremendous amount of, for lack of a better word, depressing things, some, some, some difficult situations. And I think... Uh, that's something that, again, Agora can be proud of, that we we have a team dedicated to dealing with those difficult situations. Um, so thanks. Thank you, Steve. I appreciated that. Yeah, because it's definitely important, too, with not only 
the referrals that I receive and the tier three support that I'm offering the students. But to keep in mind that self-care is extremely important for both our students and staff, because if you can't take care of yourself, you can't take care of others. Mm -hmm. um, so that's important to keep in mind. Absolutely. And I know one of the things that Agora, again, is we're involved in a lot of self-examination. What can we do differently? What can we do better now that we are trauma-informed, that, that we're aware of this component? So uh, my question for both of you is what are some trauma-sensitive school-wide approaches, not just to learning, but di uh, discipline as well, that Agora is currently implementing? Well, I think the self-care, as I touched on already, but we are definitely there to support one another and support our students in the cyber environment. But I also think, too, and it's a very general idea, but realizing the impact of childhood trauma, understanding, better understanding of the cultural, the family, the home environment, and how the community does play an important role into the child's development. So if they experience something traumatic, throughout their lifetime or presently that they had these experiences, that they had these opportunities. And like Gina said, as far as like the family coach, oftentimes getting to get in there, meet with the family, find out a little bit more about their story. So really just realizing that and taking it into account that these students, families, whomever have gone through these types of things and how that might be impacting their learning. Also too, I think just, just educating our staff, our family coaches, everybody that one, one size does not fit all. So well, one of the things that we learned in our three-day training was that one size fits one. So you can't take your, you know, a teaching approach or, or a family coach gets into the home, can't treat every student the same way. You really have to be a chameleon. You have to really go back on all the things that you've learned, whether it's, you know, the trauma-informed care, whether we've done a big uh, growth mindset training, all those pieces have to come together and work for that one child. And I've got five kids myself, and I know that each and every one of my my sons needs to be parented a little bit differently. One, one way that I react with one will not work with another. And I think an overall approach to educating students has to be the same. And is it is it a little more challenging and complex? Might it not be something that you learn when you go through college and learn to become an educator? It, it isn't. But there are missing pieces to why things are not working the way that we need them to in education. And this is one of those pieces that I feel and, you know, the attachment network feels is going to be just regular regular speak amongst people in the next couple of years. Like anyone on the street is going to know what trauma-informed care looks like. They're going to know. And it's just a matter of time. So it's cool to start looking at things that way and be kind of on the cutting edge of that and, and give a name to what we've been doing. Because I think a cyber a cyber school is unique to begin with. And it's come a long way. I know the first years that I was here, people were like, you do what? Now it's kind of like, oh, okay, nobody, everyone, for the most part, knows what a cyber education is. So it does take time, but I feel like we were sort of on the cutting edge then with our family coach program, getting in the home, saying, hey, what happened here? Why are you with us? How can we help you? To it being like, hey, we've got to look at all kids like this, whether in a brick and mortar, in your home, or um, in the cyber setting. And I just think it's going to give a better, a better result academically as well, which is, is the goal. And, and later in life too, we don't want to just create smart people. We want to create well-rounded people that can cope with life. 
And in addition to that, I think one of the um, great workshops that we got to attend in Washington was one about empathy, because you think, you know, we share this, we we have we are empathetic towards our students, our families and things like that. But one thing that they said was staying out of judgment. And I thought that was so impactful because you're not walking in with this judgment, this bias. You're there to learn and understand what is happening and how to remove those barriers and how to work with that family and that student to help them succeed in school. So I thought that was really impactful as well as like, you know, taking in other people's perspectives, communicating the understanding of others and recognizing the emotions. But empathy, I mean, it's so it's something so small, but it's something so big that can help so many kids who are dealing with traumatic events. I was just going to mention about empathy, how <laughs> you're absolutely right, Jen, how how important that is to empathize with with our learners and the families. And that also strengthen, strengthens that connection that they're going to feel. And when there is a connection there, they're going to be more likely to learn their going to be present in their education and be successful. We're going to help them achieve that that greatest potential that they are capable of. So uh, I, I agree. It all it all connects back to that that idea of of empathy. I think empathy training and being mindful of empathy is so important for our staff. We don't see our students face to face, the teachers, as much as our coaches do, but it's very hard to sometimes sit in your comfortable home environment with heat and know that you have your lunch and your dinner and the kids are coming home safely and imagine and know what some of our students are going through. And I've never met a family that didn't want what's best for their kids. And I never met a child who deliberately wanted to not succeed. Everybody is doing their best to get through life in that particular moment. And so I think figuring out ways and being open in our hearts and our minds to seeing what's on the other side of the computer to learning who's on the other side of that computer screen is really, really important. And I have found, too, in our cyber environment, because we don't see children face to face, a lot of times when I'm checking in with a student or if I'm working with someone, and I know the family coaches have shared this, too, that sometimes those students are more open to sharing what they're experiencing and what they are going through. So I think a lot of it is also ensuring that they feel safe behind the computer working with us, but that they're in this safe environment that we're providing to them. And to be patient, because sometimes, you know, children will share that information with you, but to really think about how you're impacting them, their life and their education and how they're going to, um, really benefit from the relationships that they're building. I think a lot of the trainings that we went to focused a lot on building relationships, connecting with the students. So again, even though we're in a cyber model and we can't see people face to face, it is really building that connection virtually because sometimes they are more open to sharing the stories. So it is nice to kind of get to learn a little bit more about them and to figure out how to work with them to help them succeed. And our generation of kiddos that we're working with now are very well adept at connecting with people virtually. So I think that sometimes as adults, our own barrier that we put in place that might not actually be there for the kids. They're used to connecting through cyber technology. So they're they're ready to share, I think, and ready to connect. So Jen and Gina, you 
shared a lot of information with us in regards to you know, like defining trauma, what uh, what uh, trauma says trauma sensitive school is, and what that looks like here at Agora. Are there any other resources that you're able to provide, either from that excellent conference that you went to, or just anything else that you've come across in your research on trauma informed schools? Yeah, I mean, the agency that we went, um, that trained us, and that we also went to the conference for, their website is creatingtraumasensitiveschools.org. They have a lot of resources in there for both staff and students and families to connect to those resources to kind of get a better understanding what trauma-sensitive schools are and practices and ways to implement that, not only in school, but maybe in your home environment. There were some other ones I had too, the Child Trauma Academy com that had some good resources as well honestly also to youtube if you just google or google or look up on youtube the videos about emotional regulation brain functioning when it comes to trauma and things like that there are some really good youtube videos out there that kind of give you just a snippet of how trauma does really impact someone there, there's also a lot of information on the ACE score, and it's very eye-opening. Um, if you want to just um, Google that as well, ACE, um, Adverse Childhood Experiences, that's a great thing for you to take either for yourself or for, you know, your own child or for someone that you're teaching, just you can, you know, imagine that you're them, just to get more of an idea of what their ACE score might be. It was very eye-opening for me. And that's something that, although you're not going to give that test to your student, once you get to know them a little bit better, you're going to have an idea of what their score might be. And it might be like, wow, that, that makes a lot of sense why, you know, we might be having these barriers with a student. So there's a lot of good information on that if you want to look that up as well. Wonderful, girls. Thanks so much. We will make sure that all of those resources are linked out with this podcast. We want to thank you both for spending some time with us today and sharing your hearts with us and your passion and care with the entire Agora family. We will invite all of our listeners to stay tuned for our next episode where we're going to look at trauma-informed schools from a classroom perspective. You can hear this episode and all of our episodes on iTunes and Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, CastBox, and more. So be sure to like this episode and subscribe to our channel so that you don't miss any of our opportunities to grow. Thank you. Thank you, Katie. Thank you. Another big thanks to Gina and Jen for the conversation today. We greatly appreciate it and all that you do for uh, not just Agora, but the students and families that, that attend here. So with that, I will say until next time, keep learning. Thanks for listening to the Cyber PD Podcast. Tune in next time for more Cyber Pedagogy.